What up, world? Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Ameripod, episode oh, 375. <laughs> close. Wait, that's too much. No, you're close. You're fine. That's close enough. <laughs> It'll say no, in the title. Read the title. Yeah, you should figure it out. Read the title. Um, today is Thursday, June 15th at 7.30 Mountain. Here with a, another exciting episode, we've got uh, two original members and a very special East Coast correspondent guest star, which is always great to have. Jordan, hi, how are you? Welcome back. Great, nice to see you guys. How yeah. How's it going? You know, I'm here with my cat. Your cat and your baby? My baby, yeah. Hopefully we don't go into labor mid I'm legitimately rooting for that. It would you be are? our best. Are you Duh. I mean, it would be the, our 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 best uh, most viewed podcast. <laughs> most viewed. Because that's what you do is Listen, you view a podcast. Into, if I if I were to go into labor, that literally the first thing I would do is shut off this video. <laughs> there would be no viewing anything. Just like yeah. done. No yes. comment. No. Oh. Oh uh, you don't want to do five minutes of podcast labor no i don't i think that would kill though i think would it would it i i did have i did have a friend who was like an extremely curious person who like as i was in labor last time and they had to like induce me because my daughter was early um or she was my water had broken but i didn't actually go into labor so they induced me the next day and she was like texting me and the Pitocin kicked in and I was like, wow, well, things are really uncomfortable. I'll talk to you later. And she was like, do you want to FaceTime me? I want to see what this is like. And I was like, what? <laughs> are you out of your mind? Like, no, dude, I don't want to FaceTime with you while I'm having contractions. It's weird as hell. Like, like, I'm just curious. I've never seen somebody give birth before. And I was like, well, and it's not going to be today either. So, you know, not sure, today, it's on guys. YouTube. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully the uh, the stress and or excitement from your conversation with us this evening will push anything along too quickly. Um, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the other voice with us is uh, longtime co-host, co-anchor, Potter, John Anderson. How are or how are you tonight? I like Potter, although maybe that's problematic with J.K. Rowling now. But I, mm. I like I like that. I don't know. I have a I have like a love hate relationship with her. It's really so don't. tough. It's like really me, no. tough. I just I love Harry Potter so much. I reread I this entire series. Anyway, we don't have to talk about this right now. But um... <laughs> you know, sh shouldn't we wade into the culture wars first? That's Should, always a yeah, fun starting. Point. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, I she's really said some abhorrent, awful things. Yeah, and I it's still really love tough. Dumbledore. It's really tough. It's really really Dumbledore's tough. So wise, and I'm like, how can one? How can someone who generates like this amazing, awesome content like? have so many problematic ideas about so many things anyway. yeah it's interesting it feels like it's like it's a reckoning across a lot of different artists across society sure you know you see that in a lot of places i get i get it a lot and seen it a lot in the last few years with like punk artists because as a big punk band i like uh, a lot of the yeah. old punk bands and there's Robin a lot of really problematic the punk bands in the 80s yeah yes. Yes. also eric clapton Fully canceled. Oh. Fully canceled. <laughs> Fully canceled. Yeah, it's it's tough because it's like on the one hand, you know, I think it's really important for us to recognize that people are are complex and multifaceted. And just because 
someone isn't very good at one thing doesn't mean that they can't be good at something else or have good ideas or what you know whatever the case may be then at a certain point you're kind of like yikes I don't really want to give this person my money anymore (laughs) you know it's really Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, but we've you know we've had Harry Potter for a long time so it's not like (laughs) she keep rolling for my money (laughs) when I reread it right and it seems like there's like less of like a redemption story there too right it'd be a lot more comfortable for people if it's like they used to be a piece of shit and then they changed and made right words right totally. it's like yeah. when it was like oh back when they were a piece of shit they made it and they continued to be a piece of shit yeah the future, it just came out more that's what it's tough yeah exactly. kelly who are you kelly who are you oh yeah and i'm i'm your host john kelly so glad to be back um Podcast. talking of pieces of shit why don't Ooh. we just jump straight in to the indictment of our former president, the commander in orange himself, <laughs> Donald Trump, indicted for federal federal crimes this week. Um, federal, pretty momentous stuff. Yeah, uh, not not trivial uh, charges either. So um, yes, he was charged in what is known as the Mar-a-Lago case. I guess we're calling it. Um, he uh, hoarded top secret documents, which you're not allowed to do, even if you're president or were president. Turns out that the the capital T, capital G, the government has some words about that. Um, it includes defense and weapons capabilities of both the U.S. and foreign countries, U.S. nuclear programs, uh, potential vulnerabilities of the U.S. and its allies to military attack. And plans for possible retaliation in response to a foreign attack. So this isn't like some letter he got from uh, Kim Jong-un. That he just wanted to frame and hang up in his bathroom or whatever. Yeah. So uh, there's 37 charges? 37. Yeah. Um, But Uh 31 of them were just about the documents, I think. Um, Yeah, the other ones are obstruction. Right. Yeah, the obstruction one is a big one. Um, conspiracy uh, to commit obstruction of justice. So, and and I think importantly to know, you know, Biden and um, Pence and Clinton all had sort of similar things happen, but the the substantial difference here is that. Um, Trump obstructed justice. So if he had been like, so sorry, didn't mean to take these documents, here's 100% of them back without you having to subpoena me, he probably would be fine. And honestly, we would this wouldn't have even been public. But right. the fact that yeah, don't, he- Do not listen to his campaign chair, who's like, oh, we told him they could have them back whenever they wanted to. The door's open, because that's complete bullshit. He stonewalled yeah. them for months and forced- the DOE yes. to get us a and to go, you know, one of the, the reasons we know that is because they were able to subpoena information from his lawyer, which typically you're not allowed to do, but there's a, I think it's called the fraud uh, crime exemption. And it's if you're using your lawyer to commit a crime, then they can actually get shit from your lawyer. And so a lot of this comes from uh, his lawyer's notes. Uh, it was a, a, a long recording that he did. And so uh, because Trump had one of his staffers um, move boxes back and forth from a certain room and then had the, the lawyer certify that they had returned all the secret stuff, even though they hadn't. So 
um, this staffer is probably in Nauta, N-A-U-T-A is his last name. Uh, so he's probably in a lot of trouble. I bet they're trying to get him to flip real hard right now. Yeah, most likely, most likely. Um, but, you know, I mean, we we get into this and, and right, this is the second indictment and one of at least one more that will probably come in Georgia. Yeah, it seems um, like yes. And it's expanding from what I can tell. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. So it's it, it's becoming more and more serious. This one... Um, because it's federal and carries pretty serious jail time, um, the response was swift and severe from from the MAGA crowd at this point. The uh, I would say lawmakers that still support Trump and are still very much in the president's realm, right, when it comes to supporters. Um, but it really, you know, we need to mark this as another momentous occasion. It feels like every time we get on this podcast and say Trump did something, it feels like a momentous occasion. But totally. like this one's it's even exhausting. bigger than the one in New York, right? This is, yes. these are federal crimes. This is a former president charged with like potential espionage against the uh, against the United States, which is yeah. wild. I never thought I'd live to see the day that anything <laughs> like this would happen, you know. But. And this is the kind of stuff that if any of the three of us did on the podcast, we would be in jail right the fuck now. Right, right now. Yeah, yeah. right, yeah, right now. Take time. No. Yeah, it's very interesting. I've read some really interesting articles the last couple of weeks comparing this case to other cases of like decorated war heroes, right? Yeah. That, that kept like documents after they had PTSD and came home and, and kept it during like a mental breakdown and they still got like three to five years. Yeah. Right. On two charges. <laughs> so yeah. like this is a big, big, big on his it, it yeah. A lot of a lot of you know Republicans are saying, oh, this is targeted and they're just going after the president, the ex-president because he's running again and yada yada. And it's like I view it the other way, which is they 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 were forced, they didn't want to do this indictment at all. But like the the evidence was so compelling that to not to would have just basically ended the. It would have set a, a really harmful, awful precedent. Yes, yeah. it would have been. I mean, either really... either way, you're you're it's one of those situations you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. So yeah. you know, try to try to do the right thing then. You know? And there's been a lot of sound and fury, but really signifying nothing very much right now, anyways. Uh, because there's a lot of statements about like, oh, you're weaponizing the Justice Department, but they came out even before the indictment. And there wasn't like the, you know, a, a January 6th type incident again. And so um, the fears of the public reaction, I think, have been muted, at least for now. Um, but there are a lot of angry young white men with guns in this country. So we'll see. Yeah, well, goes. you know, I mean, that's part of the course. Can, 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 we, can we can we talk about so just beyond you know the political implications of all of this can we talk about the chosen storage facility oh my god if you will <laughs> have you guys seen that have you guys seen the meme where somebody photoshopped the picture of Bernie Sanders with his mittens no. on his little chair in, <laughs> into the bathroom with the documents? I seen that. That's amazing. It's a good one. It's okay. um. So this is another example, Jordan, I'm glad you're on this podcast because this is another example of dumbest of all possible timelines. Dumbest. Right? dumbest so fucking stupid. Timelines. Like that was the most Trumpy Trump has ever Trumped where it was like a tacky ass bathroom where they're storing top secret documents. And by the way, that bathroom has a fucking chandelier. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. What 
are we doing and it's like so gross and And like a ten dollar shower curtain yes like what are we what are we doing they're just like boxes stacked up you know how many chinese spies went to that bathroom like it's so fucking frustrating that this is because well and like also like bathrooms i mean i'm assuming that he's probably got like 30 bathrooms in there or something but like bathrooms are dirty and they're moist. Yes, they're fucking moist. They're moist. And it's in and, Florida, and you have too. Like, and you're in Florida, and you've got, like, reams of paper sitting in boxes. And so it's like, are you, were you actually interested in keeping any of these things? Did, did you have a backup somewhere? Nope. No. no like, <laughs> the answer is no to both of them. <laughs> you know, like, like, he just didn't care, but he he clearly wanted them for some reason. So, and I think that's actually one of the most interesting questions, and nothing. The indictment has nothing to say about that. Which was, right. what is the motive here? Yeah. Right. Um, I think it's really stupid. That's my guess. Is that it's just vanity? Like, yeah. it's yeah. not. He, he's not selling guess what it I have to, in my bathroom. Yeah, like, hey, you want to check this out? Like, I used to be president. Did you know? Like, it's that kind of shit. It, it's like just a little settling. bit of light reading for the John. Yeah, exactly. Fucking... See, see, John, this is another one of your blue-pilled libtard idiocisms. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's playing 4D chess. He took the documents because really he's secretly still in charge. So he needs a secret cadre, even if they are in his bathroom. You put That's them true. there to give the shimmer that he's doing something wrong and in a, in suspicious. I, but... I forgot that the military is currently running the country and Biden is a puppet that Robert F. Kennedy put in because vaccines and sure. and baby Listen, blood have you I guys think. have you guys <laughs> read have you guys i've been meaning to text you john about this um uh have you read anything by jeff charlotte no okay so kevin has read kevin has been reading jeff charlotte's stuff for a, a while i think the first book that he read that jeff charlotte wrote, wrote was was published in like 2008 or 2009 and it's it's about the family, you know, like the oh the yeah, power. I'm looking at it. Yes, the family yeah, yeah. is fucking creepy. Yeah. So he wrote a book recently that was so excellent. Um, uh, and I'm trying to think of like the, the undertow, the undertow scenes from a slow civil war. Yep. Yeah. Ooh. That like that, and it's it's just like such a poignant analysis of sort of like how how we are where we are or what not necessarily how we are where but but his he he did this interview too that that kevin and i listened to and something that really stuck out to me is that he he says that the thing that he predicted in 2008 or 2009 when he wrote this this book about the family is that um there would he did not think that it would ever be possible for the figure of jesus in um conservative christian circles in the united states to be replaced by a demagogue he didn't mm. he didn't think that and he's and he's like i was wrong that person is trump yeah and yeah um, i i always thought there was the risk there but but trump's a good con man i always thought the risk was there given mm-hmm. people's willingness to believe in a demagogue but i i thought it would be someone who absolutely was more religious not not a lying yeah, con well, man who was like the antithesis of what of most of what Jesus stood for, right? So like, like it's fascinating that he's he's played that part. One of the things that that Charlotte argues, which I think is like really compelling, 
is that the thing about Donald Trump is that whenever he like speaks at rallies and things like that, um, the the message that he delivers is extremely ambiguous and vague and allows anyone mm-hmm. that's in the audience to fill in the gaps with like whatever narrative or enemy that they want to. Right. And so people feel like he's speaking directly to them. Right. And so it's like, they won't do this for you or they're going to do that or they're going to take away this. It's like, who, who is the they? Yeah. Whoever you want it to be. It's, it's whoever it's you great. want it to be. Yeah. Whoever you want it to. Anyway. It's a great tactic to get people excited <laughs> and riled up and all. Oh, and stuff. freaked out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, and he like, he, I think one of the things that's really great about him too, is that he like, um, Jeff Charlotte, not Donald Trump, um, <laughs> is that just, just for clarity's sake, um, mm-hmm. is that he does this, he, I think it's really easy to slide into sort of like totalizing narratives about people um when we feel frustrated and we don't understand them but he like he almost goes like sometimes he's kind of undercover I mean he he's definitely a journalist and he talks about how that's like has caused some problems for him at a certain point because you know the media is the enemy but he really genuinely tries to understand where people are coming from and has conversations with people mm-hmm. and and the insight that that provides is is really interesting and like he talks about like how like I didn't know that Ashley Babbitt voted for Obama I would have never guessed that. Oh yeah, she's the one who died at on January sixth at the Capitol. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and he yeah. like he sort of like builds the entire he builds the entire narrative around her her death and like what she symbolized. Anyway, okay, really I interesting. Yeah, like, I mean yeah. the the populist move to Donald Trump was on both sides. It was on both the left and the right. Mm-hmm. The populist undertone took it on both sides, though further on the right. I would say yeah, there, was definitely, the right, left, there was, there was definitely problem. leftists that yeah. went to the Trump bandwagon for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sounds like a great book. It's a great yeah, book. That sounds really, definitely really awesome. check it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's been one of the most puzzling things to me about all of this is how Trump became um, the savior of the evangelical movement, having like screwed a porn star being thrice married from New York. Um, like none of the, almost zero of the superficial hallmarks you would think of Mm -hmm. um i think it's also exposed a ton of um how do i want to put this delegitimacy of the evangelical movement um where i'm just like you guys are interested in white power not religious belief as far as i'm concerned that's what I think this is about. Uh, it's just y- you you're using um, Christian language to describe it, but it, it, there's really interesting polling where it's like, do you describe yourself as an evangelical? Yes. How often do you go to church? Maybe once a month. And it's like, what? And so I think like evangelical has become a, a personal identity rather than a like thing that you do. Right. And that's tied. It's a lot more complex than just your religion. Well, but everything about even everything about being an evangelical or a Protestant specifically is, I mean, it's it's very closely, I think, tied to. What am I trying to say? It's very closely tied to your individuality, right? Mm -hmm. Like in the context of the Catholic Church, like the Catholic Church is united. We're all, you know, part of the same body The the. I mean, the mass isn't done in Latin anymore, but that w- that only happened like seven years ago. So like, you know, like my mother-in-law who's Catholic says like, I like going, you know, I can go to any Catholic church in the world and know what they're saying because there's like this unity around what is being said. 
Right. Um, <clears throat> the services are all the same. The prayers are the same, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas like there's something uniquely individualistic about Protestantism in the United States because of the Reformation and when it happened and how the United States was colonized. Yeah. And so even though it doesn't surprise me, I guess is what I'm saying that like evangelicals are like, oh yeah, I go to church, you know, every once in a while because faith is considered to be like so deeply personal and emblematic of like your freedom that it's, it really being a Christian is particularly in sort of more conservative groups kind of synonymous with being a white American. Right. Right. Where like, if you like ask somebody like what they believed about something, they, the vagaries about like, you know, uh, Easter and Christmas and, um, you know, blood from the crucifixion and like heaven and hell. And that's, I mean, that's it. That's the sum total. Right. But that, that's all yeah. they need to know about. And then, and then also, you know, like, what does that mean for my freedom? Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that, it, that's basically right, it. We've, yeah. We've, we've got that American Jesus and we're completely happy making that connection. And it's why you, you get that. It's such an easy connection to be like Jesus and guns. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, like that Jesus, Jesus and slashing benefits for the poor right you can yeah. do both of yeah. those and you can have that duality because you have the freedom to pick and choose whichever pieces yeah. of the religion you want because we're yeah. americans we have that freedom that's right it's, it's, it is it's like psychologically it is very interesting because yeah. i grew up in the catholic church too when i was mm-hmm. really young there's absolutely none of that you know you don't get to choose which pieces you want to believe <laughs> yeah, in yeah. in the catholic church you, you're you a catholic you or you're not read a catholic, the bible you know? right you <laughs> yeah know, you, read, you, you, you do catechism and so right. like there's no like there's no room for like interpretation of different things or like the nope. you know, the bible is not a, a populist text but in right. the evangelical movement it's like everybody has access to the bible and that's like what makes it so amazing right is that that like god's word is for everyone but you know like decontextualized and i mean it's a, there's some pretty abhorrent stuff in there so. <laughs> <Heard> that. <laughs> uh some stuff that's pretty inconvenient for modern life too indeed, um indeed I got a really good book recommendation off of this. Uh, it's called Our Divided Political Heart by E.J. Dion. And um, it's a it's basically about collectivism and individualism in the United States. And there's a lot in there about how the particular flavor of Protestantism in the United States combined with our like rugged individual ethos to create a, a pretty wild society. Yeah, um, it's kind of, and, but like it makes it a very interesting argument where it's like, we're really individualistic, but we're also really collectivist in a lot of ways too. Mm-hmm. Like we're kind of a lot of both. And he mm-hmm. uses, um, I think, I forget which John Wayne movie or maybe it was Clint Eastwood um maybe it was like the good the bad the ugly or something like that where it's individualism is represented in that movie and then collectivism is is uh, represented by uh it's a wonderful life uh, which is a Mm. very collectivist book right Mm. or movie and so um anyways I thought it it was one of the most interesting political books I've read um Mm. and if listeners you're more or you two are interested in diving in yeah we uh, we know who you're talking to or, you know, yeah, <laughs> yes. we get it yeah yeah nobody um, else listens to this fucking podcast <laughs> we're just talking to ourselves <laughs> no that's that's fascinating i know i brought one up i wish i could remember the title of it but, but i mean i think that there's there's a lot of that pull in the modern american life between freedom and individualism and 
kind of collectivism and community. Everybody wants both at the same time, and it's hard to have both, right? Um, especially when it feels like, and I, and I think this is part of the big reason why the populist movement is so strong on the right side, when it feels like the classic pieces of community have been stripped away piece yeah. by piece, or there's parts of it that are crumbling that are really, those are the specific things that those people believe hold a society together and a functioning society together. And they can't imagine a world without it, which is part of the reason yeah. they're still grasping to it so strong as the world changes around them. Yeah. Um, so well, yeah, it's, that, that's, 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 what, that's what makes identity politics so attractive. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, you get, you get all the individualism by prioritizing whiteness, maleness, privilege, all that stuff. Um, by still having and still have sort of like the collective identity of like being a part of that group yeah so like we're, we're being oppressed or we're being a, like, so a there's, there's a whole chapter in that book about incels okay and listen y'all you got to read it <laughs> we should can we start a book club for real like we have a book club you have a yeah. book club why have i never been invited to participate because it's kind of i don't know it's, some of it a, some of it is very uh, machismo with yeah the it's 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 like uh, well it's all of our guy friends from high school so oh yeah I don't want to be a part of that Sorry. yeah <laughs> we weren't we weren't purposely trying to exclude you no it, it was just a you know the context is weird no, um, I'm not offended but we could do a, a podcast book club I think we could yeah that. you're just gonna uh, have to come back and, and talk to us more often. Yeah, yeah we could that. do an actual podcast on it. I think that'd be really mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, let's talk offline about that, uh, as they say in the media. Um, so yeah, but I think a Trump rally actually uh, represents um, what we're talking about with the like collectivism and individualism mm -hmm. really well, right? Which is like all those people are like, freedom, like you can't, don't take away my gut. Like, I, you know, this is America, but they're all in this cult together. <laughs> Yeah. doing that and yeah. it's so like there's it is so hard to penetrate the um collective understanding of that group too where like the jordan kepler videos have you guys watched those where he's the oh, yeah. he's the um comedy central he's the daily show guy he's the one who goes oh, yeah. where he goes and he just like asks questions at trump yep. rallies to yep. people and yep. like there's one in particular that really sticks out to me where uh, there's a guy wearing a shirt with I think Trump on it and he's giving two middle fingers and he's like having a conversation about how like, yeah, we should all like get along and understand each other's views. And it'd be like really offensive to like say fuck you to someone else who like doesn't share your views, <laughs> right? Totally. And they're yeah. like, totally. <laughs> fuck yeah. Like and we're so, another classic one of those. A guy wearing a shirt that says Trump that bitch, lock Hillary up. And he's also at the same time saying, We respect women in this country, not, <laughs> not like right. the Middle East. Yeah. And you're like, the irony is just uh, <laughs> I <just cannot laughs> handle this. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, like the you know, you watch them in real time like be confronted with um the their incongruities. <laughs> yes, and just like cruising on along. And that's because it's become an identity. Right. It's not a like thing that you think it's a thing that you are. Right. And that is a lot harder to come down from. And that's why this is so crazy. And going back to your original point, Jordan, which was how did that identity of like Christianity and, and Jesus get supplanted by 
this fucking like guy. Like this guy. Yeah. And so that is, um, there will be a, a thousand dissertations on that. Yeah. Sure, sure will be. And to, uh, and to, just to bring us back to the original point we were talking about, the reason why this is important is because when you get a group who believes that they're right shaped around an identity like that, it become, the rule of law becomes one for them, something else yes. for everybody else. Right. You're part of the in-group, you get to be part of the in-group. Everybody else isn't part of that group. They're not subject to the same laws or they're subject to harsher laws, whatever. So yeah. stuff like this, when you indict a president that's the head of this, the head of this serpent, the head of this poison in our body politic, it's important why they indicted him, and it's important why this actually plays out in public and why there is going to be some reckoning here because um, we need it. <laughs> yeah, I, I've quoted this before, uh, but uh, conservatism consists of exactly one proposition to it. There must be in groups whom the law protects but does not bind alongside out groups, out groups whom the law binds but does not protect. Mm. And I think that that summarizes uh, the the tr Trump movement and the right in this country generally um, better than I could possibly do it in a thousand words. Like it, uh, that's and when when those people say freedom, that's what they mean is that's right. my freedom to do whatever to you I want to do, and that has in this country been combined with our racial history to create. Yeah. Uh, a very toxic stew mm. so uh let's throw this guy in jail and see what happens huh godspeed everybody <laughs> <laughs>